0: I want you to turn in your Bible to John chapter 14 and we've been talking to you on these night services these Wednesday night services about the glory of God and I want to talk some more about that tonight the glory of God it's a it's a wonderful thing and I don't know how many of us when we get to heaven are going to hang out at the throne for maybe the first couple hundred years (laughs) go wow but I, I, would, I would venture to say it will be that awe-inspiring and to, to stand before the throne of God with no hindrance and no fleshly veil to keep us from the fullness of Him. But right at the same time, we can experience some pretty amazing things in this life. And the glory of God can be revealed to us while we're here. Uh, in this life, and that's a good thing because it can not only impact us and our view of everything, it can make a big difference in someone else's life. And uh, it, it's really possible for you to walk in your life with a tangible presence of God in it. Uh, and I don't mean it's going to be, you know, full blast 24 7, but you can have a tangible presence of God just like you can be around some it's like something it seems like there's almost something evil there and something that's because of what they associate with they kind of carry that with them and, and when we associate with the lord and his divine presence and we're quick to to get into his presence and worship him man you carry that with you you i mean just like in acts chapter 19 when the apostle paul uh, uh well in his life it says they were there were handkerchiefs and aprons taken from his body and those things, those claws, they were laid on the sick and then people would be healed and evil spirits would be driven out by that contact. Well, what happened there was obviously what Paul was walking in, what he was living in as far as God's divine presence, it was saturating the cloth and the things that he was touching. Okay? If that can happen with him, that same God same holy spirit same anointing and you know at so, sometimes in in Paul's ministry you know he was he was making tents on the side he was a tent maker by trade okay and and what well, you know can you be anointed while you're making tents he was he was and some of those some of those things that he was wearing probably had a little sweat in them too those you know those uh, handkerchiefs and aprons <laughs> has some sweat and you know but he's working making tents just like someone may be working building houses or or working at a computer but you can be in the presence of God while doing what you're supposed to do for employment and for a career and and, wh- and if it's cleaning the house you can be anointed clean in the floor so how can I be that well I would tell you this worship God frequently let it be quick to come out of your mouth the Lord be glorified. The Lord be glorified in my life. As you clean the kitchen floor. <laughs> or as you, you, whatever. Working on the computer, making phone calls, driving around, making deliveries. Whatever kind of thing that you do in your life. Let the Lord be glorified through your life. And in that, His presence is manifests, And it, it just makes everything easier. When God's presence is in manifestation. Amen. John 14 verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. That means he will reveal himself to him. It also means he will let himself be clearly seen. And be made real to that person and so our uh, doing what the Lord says is a manifestation of our love for him and when we do that we're inviting his manifest presence in our lives God to reveal himself to us and as he revealed himself at various times through scripture he does today as he did sometimes in the old testament they would have a cloud and sometimes a fire sometimes they would do things in the presence of god in the temple of which we are today and there were come times where they were unable to stand in the presence of God they were unable to continue ministering and doing the things that they were doing because God's presence was so thick and so powerful and he's the same God today he loves people exactly the sa- to the same degree yet we have a great advantage we're all forgiven he did that in the midst of those who were spiritually dead and separated from him. How much more, I think, is God able to move through us who've been made righteous in His sight, who've been washed clean and made holy and pure before Him? Man, what could stand in the way? Man, Say, I, but my, I don't think always, think always right, and I don't always live always right. Man, but if you've been saved spiritually from the root, from the very core of your being, you are right with God. Man, you're, you're holy and pure before him. I don't think our, our, little, our little noodle is just strong enough to keep God out of, our, out of our lives. Amen. He's able to do great things when we acknowledge uh, what he's done. There, man, there's nothing wrong with you. Now don't get me wrong, there's a place for right actions and right thinking, and those do play a part in our success in life, but I'm just quick to believe that the blood of Jesus is more powerful than anything I've ever done, than any wrong thought that I I may have, because I want to be the first to tell you, if God needed everyone to think perfect and to live perfect, He never would have moved yet. Are you listening? Even those you may respect the most and think they're the most holy, uh, they're not doing everything right. And I guarantee you, they don't know everything. And so God is still able to move mightily. We've said this many times in relationship to healing. But when Jesus would uh, minister to multitudes of people, and the scripture says that he healed them all. That's always an amazing thought, because all means everybody. And when you're healing everybody, there's no chance on earth that all those people had right hearts, right motives, we're all together just seeking God with pure th- thoughts. Man, there were some crooks in there, some thieves, some liars. I mean, uh, I mean you only have to be around not very long. You, you get around, you walk through the mall, go shopping, and you'll find some people who are, man, they're messed up. They, uh, you, you know, you ever seen people, uh, have you ever seen parents just rude to their children and just treat them like they're the, just scum? And you think you feel bad for him? I think there were probably some of those in the multitude too. Hmm. You know, we, we used to uh, be around some some sports with our kids, and there was this there was this one particular uh, guy. Uh, w- w- well, in our family, he was known as the Screamer. <laughs> but you felt bad for his kid out there playing ball because he's just constantly screaming at him, just you get over here, and just like. Chill, man. Shut your mouth. I, so I wish someone would scream at him, you know, <laughs> just the fleshly response. Uh, uh, but but I think, man, get your act together. You're hurting your child. This is this is not good. But listen, does the Lord love him? Loves the screamer. Doesn't like what he's doing, but still loves him. Would the Lord show Himself to that person? Well, I believe if, if someone like you or someone like me would live in this place, live the life in the, in the presence of God, that when we come up to a person like that, oh, here we go, God's there already, and he'll reveal himself and show himself to people who are not looking for him. Amen. He'll, he'll show himself strong to those who haven't even been seeking him because somebody else was. Don't get me wrong, somebody's got to seek the Lord. (laughs) Somebody's got to be paying attention to what the Lord wants in the earth and wants in our lives. And many of us, if not all of us, we've been saved by the blood of Jesus. But also, you know, there's some other involvement in there. And to the Lord be all the glory. But someone else prayed. Somebody else thought about you. Somebody else shared the gospel with you. There's the God side and the man side. And so... Again, if we follow His commands, it's that person that loves Him. The Lord wants to reveal Himself to us. Look at Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah, praise the Lord, chapter 42. Isaiah 42 and verse number 8. Now, we already read this before, but is it okay if we read it again? You know, sometimes you read a book and you never read it again. This is not one of those kind of books. <laughs> oh, I already read that. <laughs> we should never have that approach to the Bible. There's something inherent within it. It's God-inspired, and it's continually, continually uh, speaking to us, if we'll look, look in that way. Isaiah 42, verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Notice the Lord's attitude, still the same today. He will not give His glory to another. And so in our quest and our desire to live in God's manifest presence, the glory of God, we need to understand that for everything good that happens in life, We must give glory and honor to Him. We must not be taking credit for good things to ourselves. That means for everything. I give credit that I can breathe. I give Him glory. And if I'm uncertain of whether something was God or not, if it was good, I'm going to go ahead and give Him the benefit of the doubt. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) You have done this for me. Amen. Amen. And these things should be verbalized. It should be our heart's intent and our heart's motive, but it should be verbalized. Let it come out of your mouth regularly in conversation, in prayer times. Thank you, Lord. Especially now. Especially if you're praying about something that's wrong in life. Something that's not going well. Don't spend all your time talking about that. Don't spend all your time focused on what's not right. You may want to bring that up to the Lord to talk to Him about it. But make sure in the midst of it, you honor Him and thank Him for what is going right. And thank Him in the middle of it. Give Him glory that you're able to seek Him concerning what's wrong. And honor Him that He has all power and available ability so that your life can be corrected. And changed from its current state. There should always be glory and honor given to God. In the midst of all types of prayer. And every circumstance that we face. It is always appropriate to give God glory. Now I'm not thanking the Lord. if so, I'm not thanking Him for things that are wrong. If someone, I just thank, you know. Well, we, t- we taught our, our daughter, our youngest daughter, to, uh, to pray because, you know, if someone's sick or someone's not feeling well, we'll lay hands on uh, that person and uh, command them to be healed. And so sometimes our youngest, her older brother and sister, will say say to her, go ahead and pray, pray for that. And she'll say, she'll lay her hands on someone, and say, thank you, Lord, for this owie, you know. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> what well, that's we don't correct her really too much, but <laughs> that's not the way we do it. We're not thanking the Lord for what's wrong, but we're thanking Him for the answer in the middle of what's wrong. We're thanking Him that He is our deliverer, our healer, our provider in the middle of bondage, in the middle of lack and despair in life. Amen. And that's key to His presence manifesting in relationship to that need. Okay? And so, The Lord requires that all the glory be given unto Him. Now, how many know that not everyone in church has his or her heart right with God? When I'm saying this now, I'm not necessarily speaking of those who are still lost, still sinners. But I'm talking about motive. I'm talking about their heart being where it needs to be for them to continue on with the Lord and really walk in what they would want if they knew better, you know, and what all of us want. Not everyone in church has their heart necessarily right with God. Some people really they want to have personal profit and gain from what God is doing. And when the Lord starts to do something it's sad, but they want to figure out a way where they can benefit from that on a personal level, and I don't mean benefit because God's presence in their lives. I mean some material way. I remember hearing of a move of God's spirit some time ago. Was in the early 80s, and in a in a particular church in Texas. And I was told this secondhand, so I wasn't actually there. But I, what what I was told was man, they were having some stuff. God was showing up. Sal- salvations and healings and, and just people were being changed and it, it was just really evident that there was a work of the Spirit of God in this place. But what I was told was in the middle of things just exploding, the leader of this movement began um, began to take up offerings in such a way that it just wasn't right. There's a time for offerings and they can be very wonderful and anointed. Don't get me wrong. But what was happening here is this person took advantage of all the excitement for God. And people were hungry and drawing near to God. People who were away from Him began to repent and get right with God. And that's, by the way, one of the things that happens when the Spirit of God is moving strong. When there's a good manifestation of God's glory, people stop, stop messing around with the world. I mean, save people even, who are, I mean, they're, they're, they're Christians, but, you know, fooling around with stuff they ought not touch. All of a sudden, there's conviction that comes, and they want to clean up their act and get right with God. And that kind of stuff was happening, and this person saw an opportunity to go off of this excitement and really put a large emphasis on people giving then. And don't get me wrong. Of course, you understand there's a right time for that. But this wasn't the right time. His heart was not right in regarding, in regarding this. He was thinking about personal gain and, and profit. And what happened, I was told that that thing that was just cranking, man. Things were happening. God was moving. It just started going downhill. All of a sudden, what God wanted to do, what he was doing, came to an end in that place. And it was because, now listen he someone else was trying to get the glory or they were trying to profit personally from what he was doing in a wrong and inappropriate way and this is where we must keep a right heart i want you to look over at acts chapter five with me Um, this is where we must keep a heart that's right before him when i say a heart right i'm not talking about a spirit that's right you understand In this context, the way I'm using this, I'm not talking about, because when you're born again, your spirit is right, period. It was created in righteousness and true holiness, your spirit. But I'm talking about the motive of you, and a lot of this involves the the, the soulish realm, okay? But in Acts chapter 5, many know this story, but let's take a look anyway. Uh, They were having a move of the Spirit of God. This is the early church. God was uh, doing mighty signs and wonders, and and lots of things were happening. I say say God was doing it. Well, they were doing it, (laughs) and it was God's power, but they were operating in the supernatural. People were being added to the church daily, and it was a powerful thing. They even had a situation here where everyone who had anything, they were selling their stuff and giving it to those who were without. Okay? It was like, uh, you know... It's like we all went out and sold our houses and lands and cars and said, okay, who needs it? And they kind of spread it out. Now, we're not told necessarily to do that. That's not a New Testament pattern, but it was something that they were doing, not because they were commanded to do that, but because, uh, man, they were just had giving on their hearts so much. They just wanted to give what they had away. And, and that kind of atmosphere, by the way, is, a, is the atmosphere where God moves. Okay, because you hear me, I give that example. That's from a negative side. But when things are inspired by the Lord and come from a right motive, giving is the order of the day in a move of God. Okay? Are you listening? I want you to understand this. We're not about to take up an offering. Okay? But this is what happens. When when God's Spirit is moving in an individual's life or in a group or in a church and it's a powerful thing happening, giving will be a big part of that because people will just become generous and it may not all be given to the church it may be this person given to this person someone walks in and they have need and they're just moved by a giving heart and it's the spirit of god leading them to give to that person and that should be commonplace really in a church where god's moving i'm telling you even though you're not saying amen real big right now it's true anyway it's true anyway when 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 you're revived when I'm revived, so to speak, I care about other people more than I do myself. Are you listening now? I'm more concerned that your power bill's paid than mine's paid. You remember Acts chapter uh, 10, where, uh, what was the guy's name? Cornelius, thank you. Uh, where Cornelius was a man, a devout man, and, and uh, he was praying to the Lord. But what the Bible says there got the Lord's attention. It seems to me how that it's stated. But he prayed and he gave alms. Remember that? And the Lord sent an angel to him. See, he wasn't saved yet. Didn't know the way of salvation as far as redemption through Jesus. But he did seek after God and he was wanting to know. But he, it specifically mentions his praying and his giving. And an angel came. I think really that's key in our, in our lives, in our church. Do we want angels to come? In other words, do we want spiritual hosts of heaven to be released on our behalf and, 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 uh, and have a move of God in our own personal lives, in our church every single day? There's, there's a big part of that, prayer and giving. When those things are a part of our lives, not because of someone twisting your arm, got to give, got to give till it hurts, n- 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 none of that stuff, but because it just comes out of our heart it's just our desire I want to pray I want to I want to be I want to know more I want to spend time with God I want to pray for the lost in an intercessory way and bring people into the kingdom and I want to give that's the environment man you can, God's already moving if you're like that I'm telling you if that's your heart if that's your motive man you desire you want to pray and you'll give up to other things to spend time with the Lord you are already revived amen you're already having something happen if you find yourself you know you get some extra money come come in and you're not thinking the bare minimum to give you're thinking you know how much of this can i there's already something happening in your heart i guarantee you because the nature of the flesh is selfishness and it's thinking how much do i have to give of this how much can i spend on myself that's the normal way we think And when someone's thinking the other way without anyone telling them and and putting guilt on them or something like you've got to give, man, something's already happening in you. Something's already happening in you and that's a good thing. Let it flow, man. Let it flow. And let God manifest Himself. Get all over you. Glory to God. And it affects somebody else too. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway, in Acts chapter 5, that was what was happening. It said in verse 1, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Have you, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came on all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter answered her, Tell me. Whether you sold the land for so much. She said yes. For so much. Peter said to her. How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord. Look. The feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So, So great fear came on all the church and upon all who heard these things. And so what we have here, we know this from Isaiah... The Lord said I'm not sharing my glory. That's not how you're going to have me in your life. The presence of God in your life. You do, I'm not sharing it. It all goes to me. But you see here Ananias and Sapphira. Why would you say? Why would you act like you're giving so much when you're only given part of that? Because you want people to be impressed with you. You want attention. You want people to say, look at Ananias and Sapphira. They sold all that land, gave it to the building fund. G- gave it to the church, gave it to help somebody else. And you're wanting people to go, yay, look at me. Look at look at what I did. And don't get me wrong. Now, here's the other side of this. Is it ever appropriate to give publicly where people know? It is at times. I could show you that in in, in different scriptures. David did that and some others. It, it's as appropriate, but... Here's what it is. It's a heart issue. They were, of course, not only wanting glory to themselves, but they went to the extent they're going to lie to get it. They're going to tell a lie. And they're actually not just letting people know what they did do. They're lying about what they did do so much because they want people to be impressed with them. And we must not come before the Lord with a desire to impress people. With a desire for others to look at us and say, Yay, yeah, you are awesome in this place. You know, you are, doing, you are doing something great. What a wonderful person you are. That is not how we get the glory of God manifest. We have to be willing, every one of us, to kind of back into the shadows, so to speak. And even when the Lord uses us, because He will use people. That's His way, and people will be seen. But the heart needs to be. I 'm going to step aside and let him be glorified. the heart needs to be if you never know who I am or never recognize, don't even know my name, big whoop-de-Doo. Do you remember him? Do you remember Jesus? Okay? And that should be the core desire. and that's where I'm going, that's where I'm coming from. If you, you, know, if you come at, come here and, and uh, you don't even know who I am. Good. Fine, I don't. I'm not. My feelings are not hurt. But if, but if you come out of here, and you don't know Jesus, I, I don't, don't like that. I don't like that, because that's all we're here for. Amen. Amen. Not no, You know, there's a lot of attention in the world put upon having the right connections, knowing the right people. Do you know this person? Do you know this person? And uh, the main connection that we all need. Is the Lord. No person you know. Is the author of salvation. No. No. No wealthy person. With a lot of influence. Can give you eternal life. But there is one. Who owns it all. Come on now. There is one. Who gives life. Who gives us the very breath we breathe. Who allows us to think. Who allows us to live. As, as Paul quoted. The poet's from uh, that one place, Mars Hill maybe. In Him we live and move and have our being. Amen. And so Ananias and Sapphira wanted the glory for themselves for their great sacrifice. And you know what happens when God's glory, glory is there? And it was, man. They were having some stuff go on. And someone goes the opposite way. Well, either the glory has to go down or or they do. And you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, we have a covenant with the Lord. Very likely these people were a bunch of hypocrites anyway and and not live not right with God. Okay? But if if we got a mass of people and we're seeking God and we're man, we're so moved, we're giving stuff away and we're seeking God's moving, adding people to us, there're miracles uh you know, I just really wouldn't want to, in the middle of that, be lying about stuff so some people will think something special of me. That is not the right place to do that. If I think if we're all going that way, you don't get a move of God's Spirit. You don't get the glory of God in thick manifestation. But if many of us come together, we're all going the same direction, man, I tell you what, basically we're getting out of the way, so to speak, God's doing what He wants to do. Uh. Let's not mess with that by starting to think about, you know, I've known people who the reason they go to church is because they want to make business contacts. That's not why we come to church. And I don't care if you do make business contacts while you're at church, but if that's the reason why you're here, uh, man, you're in the way. Giddy up on out of here or change your heart. Okay, because the rest of us are seeking God. The rest of us desire to, to walk closely with Him. And to be a change agent in the earth. Change people's lives. And so if that's your motive, we love you, but see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Praise God. Go go back to Leviticus with me. Let me show you one more thing, or two more things, or five more things, Lots of good stuff in here. Leviticus chapter 9. Did I tell you that? Leviticus 9. And let's read over here in verse 22. nine twenty-two. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering the burnt offering, and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. These are these unregenerate people, right? And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar now that's pretty cool i don't know (laughs) of course they were required to give offerings a little bit different way than we are thank god we don't have to we are to present ourselves a a living sacrifice to god amen the fruit of our lips give thanks to his his name it's a sacrifice of praise But they had offerings that they were commanded to give because of the sin condition that they were all in. But this offering was given, and the Lord came and picked it up. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) We give to the Lord, and He shows up to get the offering. Fire came out, and The glory of the Lord appeared to them. Wow, what's that look like? It happened. And then fire came, it wasn't like, get the kerosene, let's light this baby and, uh, and get, this, get this offering burnt because it was, you know, to the Lord. But the Lord brought his own fire. This is a powerful manifestation here. This is not your everyday occurrence, all right? When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now, I, personally, I wonder, what were they shouting here? I don't really know. You know, I'm thinking, are they going, yeah, praise God, or are they going, ah! <laughs> but I do know, I mean, they're in the presence of God, and they fell on their face. And so this was an awesome experience. The fear of God was there, but they're doing the right thing. I don't necessarily think that, you know, they're thinking that God's going to f- burn them up. They're doing what's right, they're, and, and, and so forth. But this was an awesome time. I really believe that those, these things can happen today. Uh, in, in this regard, that God's glory can be revealed in such a way where we're not just, uh, hey, Lord, give me five, you know, give me some skin, and, you know, we're buds. It's it's, it's it's carpet time. It's like, wow, man, man, God is here. God is in our midst. And the only thing we can think is, hit the dust. And it's right and appropriate to do so, because we stand before a holy God. Not out of fear that He's going to get us. We have covenant with Him. He loves us. But still, His awesome presence is something to behold. His awesome presence is something to be revered. Something to be respected. Praise God. And we go on to to the next verse there in chapter 10. It says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. Put incense on it and offered profane fire, that's unholy, common stuff, fire before the Lord, which He had not commanded them. Notice what's happening here. God Himself shows up with fire to pick up the offering. He Himself shows up in a mighty demonstration of His glory. Fire comes out, and then these guys step out right in the middle of it. And they say, hey, let's go out there now. We got our little sensors here, their little containers there where they put the incense. And they brought their fire. And they went went dancing out there with their fire. And they were treading, man, in a bad place. They were not supposed to do that. The Lord had not commanded them to do that. In fact, it wasn't their job. This was the high priest that could only do these things. And secondly, it mentions their fire as being profane or unholy. Well, one, there's some. Uh, it could be that where they got their fire was the wrong place. But also, it says real clearly here, the Lord had not commanded them to do that. I mean, you're standing before Almighty God in the presence of His glory coming out. And all of a sudden, you're going to do your own thing? All of a sudden, you're just going to go dancing out there with your your center and your fire. and It seems to me it's a lot of this. Look at us. Look at us. We got fire too. Let's do some fire here. And everyone's all with their face in the ground. And all of a sudden, these guys, without any kind of fear of God, no respect, they decide to take it upon themselves to do their own thing. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And that's when we come into the other scripture. We read this earlier on in this series. In verse 3, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. Before all the people of God, I must be glorified. And so our approach to God must be out of respect. And we're not, see, it's not up to us just to do our own thing. When we come before the Lord, which we are now, our desire needs to be whatever the Lord wants. I'm not just coming up with my own idea. That shouldn't be our plan. I'm going to worship God however it's comfortable to me. No. It's whatever the Lord says. It's not about me. Well, I got my own fire. Put your fire away. (laughs) Are you listening? It's all about what he wants it's all about him being glorified i've seen people come into into church services and the way they act you got to wonder you don't want to be quick to judge people but it seems like you just want everybody to look at you don't you and always doing stuff in a way where attention is brought to them and i know man, that's not that's not right that's not being received from of the lord When we do things in our own way to be seen so that we feel, you know, and others feel of us that we're real spiritual. We really got it going on. If anything, I want to do things in such a way that don't draw attention to myself. Praise the Lord. You know, I've I've used this before uh, when we've taught on things like praise and worship. Um, I've been in churches before invited to speak at churches before and they didn't do anything like the way we do it and i was glad to have the invitation glad to have an opportunity to to minister in a place like that because you know just because of where i come from i was surprised you gonna, you really want me to come and uh but you know very non-expressive they don't quote show forth their praises unto him it's everything's very reserved and i didn't go into those places and and just say, well, bless God, I'm spirit-filled. <laughs> and so I know, you know, I know you guys don't really know how to worship God, but I'm going to show you and get in there and just lift my hands and start shouting and jumping and getting happy and maybe let a couple tongues out. And, <laughs> and I'll No, that, what would that be doing? People would just be going, to whatever degree they were focused on the Lord before and honoring Him, that quit the moment I start acting up. Okay, But, you know, there's another side to that. Uh, there's There's times like when we gather together and it's time to lift our voice and shout. I almost wonder if the person who's not on board is kind of going against the flow there. Almost standing still, drawing attention to themselves. There's a time to shout. There's a time to worship God. But the heart of all this is I'm not coming up with my own thing. It's not about my own personal interest or preference. It's about God and He's holy and He's here. And I want Him to be glorified and to receive all the praise for everything that happens. Amen. Praise God. Let me show you one more, at least one more. Everybody okay? This is not Sunday, so we're not restricted, right? We're all free and bring it on, Lord. First Chronicles, chapter 13. First Chronicles 13. And don't get me wrong, while I'm teaching these things and bringing out some of these Old Testament passages, I am fully aware that we are in a new covenant. We have, it's been established upon better promises. I know that we have covenant with God and we're not afraid of fire coming out and burning us up. Okay? We ought not be. But I do know this, the heart of everything, even though the ordinances are not the same, we don't follow all the the rules and the sacrifices and all these things that they were given, the heart of the matter is still the same, that we need to honor Him. That He needs to receive all the glory for everything we do. Okay? Okay? And we should be quick to say, the Lord be glorified. And not just say it, but we honor the Lord and glorify Him by doing what He says to do. By doing it. Remember our first scripture, Jesus said, uh, you know what He said. About loving Him and doing what He says. Yeah, go back and read it. In John. But it all comes into the same thing when I'm obeying God how many know sometimes we don't want to? I'm talking about not the, maybe from the inside but your flesh didn't feel like it. You've been to church before and, I, and the, the worship leader stood up and said come on let's all lift our hands and praise God and you didn't want to. You didn't feel like it. You had a bad day. Things were not going so well. You didn't want to praise God. That's the last thing on your mind. <laughs> and by doing so you're giving Him honor. That's, maybe that's why Hebrews 13 over there calls it a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes, man, I do not feel like I've got to kill something to give God praise right here. Something's got to die. Well, what's got to die? Man, your flesh. Your flesh who you wants to, you know, just kind of edge. And, man, I worked hard all day. What do you want me to do, shout? Yes. Because it's really our worship is based on Him and not on us. He, he, he deserves, your glo- deserves the glory and deserves the honor, no matter what happened today. Amen. First Chronicles 13, verse 7. Okay, this is where we want to start reading. This is when the, the Ark of the Covenant, which of course in the Old Testament, represented the presence of God. He wasn't in the individual like he is in believers in the New Testament. But his presence was in the ark, and the ark was away from uh, Jerusalem, and the house, uh, and the temple, and so forth. Uh, Thirteen seven. So they carried the ark of God on a new cart. It's nice. They gave God a new cart. Is that nice? From the house of Abinadab and Uzzah or Uzzah Uzzah and ohio ohio <laughs> you didn't know there were chinese people in here did you? ohio <laughs> drove the cart so Uzzah and ohio ohio drove the cart then david and all israel played music before god with all their might with singing on harps and stringed instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to uh, Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah, Uzzah, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand on the ark, and he died there before the Lord. And a lot of times people wonder, well, what's the big deal? In fact, David wondered the same thing. He he was kind of angry about this, and he was upset that Uzzah had to die because someone might think, well, what's the big problem? He's just trying to hold up the ark because the oxen stumbled. And here's the deal here, though. These people were not honoring God in his wishes, in his commands as to how they would transport the Ark of the Covenant. They approached God's presence their own way. They figured it out. We can put it on a new cart and we'll transport it that way. We are not to try to come up with a good idea about how we handle and how we approach God and deal with His presence. Okay? They were commanded... The ark was supposed to be carried on on poles and on their shoulders. You don't put Him on a cart. Say why. It's just the way God wanted it. Okay? If He says cart, cart it is. If He says, I want to be carried... You carry him. Say, but I don't understand why. (laughs) So what? If we understand why, great. There's a lot of things God will explain to us. A lot of things he'll tell us why. But you know what? That ought not be the condition of us obeying obeying him. That I'm not going to do it until I understand why he wants me to do it. No, 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 no. That is disrespectful. That's dishonoring to the Lord. Our relationship with him says, you are God and I'm not. You are the one who's in charge. You're the boss of me. And so whatever you say, whether I understand it or not, whether I can wrap my brain around it, I'm going to obey first and then seek the understanding. Whatever you say, I'd like to know why, but I don't need to know why to obey. Like Abraham, he took off into a, uh, you know, the Lord said go and he went. He didn't know where he's going. He just obeyed God. He's a father of faith. He's an example to all of us. Uh of how to live by faith, because he believed God and it was accounted unto him to righteous, as, as righteousness. But there is some obedience that needs to take place where we honor God's wishes, period. Okay? And people don't understand I don't understand about Uzzah. They disrespected the presence of God. Amen. And I'm not again I'm not saying if it's time to if it's time to pray and you don't, you're gonna die no the Lord loves you you're in covenant with him but we do need to have this heart of giving him the praise and honor and glory and part of that is just honoring the way he wants things done and how he wants things done and if that's our heart, then we're ready for the presence of God to be with us at all times and I know He say, someone said he already is with us yes he is but we're talking about manifest we're talking about revealed We're talking about things happening. Okay, how many know we could say this is true? Every person, every Christian has the Lord with them. But why is he moving in some people's lives so much more than others? So much more. I don't know about you, but when I hear about God moving in someone's life, I mean, I'm glad, I'm interested. Then I'm frustrated if it's happening more in their life than mine. That's just the way I am. I think, okay, great, I'm glad. I mean, tell me more. I want to hear it. Praise God. But then I go away thinking, all right, I'm going to have that happen in my life now. If he's moving through you, he can move through me. He doesn't love you any more than he loves me. All right, what, 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 what am I doing? Does what's happening in me or what is not happening in me? Because it's not an equal move in all people at all times just because we're saved. There's some things we can do. Amen. There's some honor we can give to Him, and watch this one. This is uh, this is kind of a big one. We'll pick some of this up next time again, uh, but this is kind of a big one. There's a tendency in us to want to have the pat on the back for everything that good that we do in life. For people, uh, we want people to say, "Man, you really did it," even if we say, "Oh no, it's not me." And we got to watch that so we don't allow that to override. The principle that he gets all the glory. And he's not giving it away. Even though he loves us. Loves us so much. He's not sharing his glory. All the glory goes to him. And how many know that benefits us tremendously. Man when we do these things right. And we give him the proper respect and glory. Is it going to kick back on us at all? Man the blessing of God. The favor of God. Man his glory manifests. And like, like I think it was Smith Wigglesworth who said one time. He said, "I'd rather have, uh, I think he said, the anointing of the Spirit on me for five minutes than to own the world with a fence around it." Yeah. He he experienced something to say that. Yeah, yeah, right. You've had some kind of experience with that with that Spirit on you to be to be able to say that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much today for being with us. Thank you for your presence. We do honor and glorify you. Help us, I pray, to have a heart that's right before you at all times. Lord, we know our sins are forgiven. We know we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But we want to approach you with the right motives. And we want... And desire that you would be glorified in everything that we do. At all times, be praised. At all times, be honored. Lord, may we not be taking and drawing attention to ourselves. And taking away your glory. Oh, We give you praise tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Just as I said in my word, if you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. If you'll call upon me, I will hear you and I will answer you. And so draw your hearts near unto me draw yourselves close unto my throne and my wisdom will come to you and answers to questions that you have will come to you solutions to problems will be granted so draw your heart close unto me and I'll show myself strong in your life. I'll be revealed to you in ways that you've not known in the past. And so draw close and see. Draw close and hear. Draw close and know what I have for you, says the Lord.